1: Hello dear listener and welcome back to Owning It the Anxiety Podcast with me, Caroline Foreign. Just a reminder, I have created a new Instagram page and it's at Owning It Podcast where lots of anxiety-related content will go. There'll be clips, tips, explainers, videos, different things, guest announcements topic discussions and lots more resources that will help you there. So please do go and follow me there for more. In the meantime, I'm sharing this episode with Dr. Claire Kambametu, who's a clinical psychologist, who is just one of my go-to experts. And this time we're talking about anxiety and anger, which is something I've never actually delved into before, but I realized was so important to discuss. Anxiety and anger definitely relate. A lot of the times, anxiety can be hidden underneath an expression of anger. And then on top of anger, we feel shame for feeling anger, especially if you're listening as a woman, it's been stamped out of us from such a young age to ever feel angry or show anger. So yeah, here we're looking at the the interplay between anger and anxiety how it happens why it happens and and what we can do to unpack when anger actually is anxiety and how to proceed from there I hope you found this helpful it turned into a complete therapy session for me as it always does and thank you as always for for tuning in and for sharing I really appreciate it Dr. Claire kamba thank you so much for joining me once again. You are one of my go-to experts for just articulating the things we need to understand and break down so well. So thanks for coming back to Owning at the Anxiety Podcast. How are you this morning?
2: I'm good, thank you. I'm a little bit croaky from having overused my voice, but that's an exciting thing in this day and age, getting to talk to people again and see people again.
1: That's okay. Well, even your croaky voice is super soothing for me to listen to, so I'm sure it will only add to the... Calming nature of the podcast. Today we're talking about something that maybe isn't so calming, really. We're talking about anger and the relationship between anger and anxiety. And it's not something I've touched on before. And kind of in my ignorance, I I guess I was like, Oh, do they relate? And yeah, they do. We don't tend to relate them. We think of anxiety as more fear-based. We think of anger as frustration, but In your professional opinion, as a clinical psychologist, they they do have a relationship, right? They
2: absolutely do. Anger is one of the most interesting emotions I find in working with adults. It covers up anxiety for sure. It also covers other feelings um, because really anger is the emotion that we feel when we feel hurt. And so there may be a multitude of different things going on when... Um, when we're experiencing anger and maybe reacting to anger Um, but anxiety is definitely something that can that can cause it.
1: So anger can exist without anxiety obviously but there are times when they'll overlap like the Venn diagram will overlap is that right? Yes
2: yeah because if you think about it anger is just communicating to us I don't like what's going on like all of our emotions are a communication they're a piece of information about what's happening in our environment and so if we're feeling angry what that's telling us is I do not like what's going on. And that may be because the situation, the environment is making us feel anxious underneath it.
1: And something that I felt, I mean, I was doing my research for this conversation and something that just really like struck me and I was like so obvious was that we talk so often about fight or flight. And we mm-hmm. did an episode recently on the fawn response so fight or flight or freeze or fawn. And I kind of had forgotten that in there, even though my response is often flight or fawn or freeze, even I would be capable of responding with the fight response, which is going on the defense, going on the attack. And that's really where anger can come in. Yes. Yeah.
2: And that we do totally forget about the, about the fight response, because so many people I think who experience anxiety, where they start to develop problems in their functioning is because they're avoiding things. They're, they're moving away from things, which is the flight part as opposed to the fight part. And so not very many people uh, end up developing huge problems because of the fight part um, now of course that can happen but it is definitely something that we speak about less and that's uh, maybe less explored.
1: Do you think there's a like anything else going on in why it's spoken about less I mean nobody really wants to admit they struggle with anger I feel like you get more sympathy for especially as a woman saying you're feeling overwhelmed and anxious but if you're if you're saying you just got really angry at your kids. That's kind of hard to say.
2: It's really hard to say. And I think anger, it's about our wider relationship with anger as a society. I think in Ireland in particular, there's this huge kind of cultural and intergenerational shame around being angry. And especially for young girls, it's really conditioned out
1: of us. So so then if we're culturally, I suppose, denied the right to experience or express anger, then it kind of feeds back into anxiety again, or we feel anxious about the fact that we feel angry.
2: Yes because you know when there's something like say just you have a small issue with your partner or a small issue with a friend um, that has left you feeling angry because perhaps you've been hurt right maybe the person hasn't returned a phone call or maybe they haven't responded in a way that was helpful when you needed it um, and whatever those situations are they create maybe anger create hurt. And when we can't express our anger, when we feel like it's not something we can come forward with, that kind of creates a threat for us. It creates a psychological, how am I going to cope with this? And so that creates anxiety then as well. So there's this kind of cyclical relationship, I think, between the suppression of of many emotions, whatever they are, and anxiety, and then anxiety producing that fight response that then leads to anger.
1: And with anger, we're always trying to, to get rid of it or not feel it. It's one of the emotions that we're denying ourselves of, but it's it's perfectly healthy. I mean, you mentioned that earlier about expressing it in a way that's productive, I suppose, but it, it never really feels productive to, to just lash out and be angry. Do, do you think when it comes to anxiety and anger, a lot of the anxiety comes from trying to stifle it?
2: Yes, Hugely, because again, when you go back to us being kids and and those messages that we get as kids about our anger, we're told, you know, it's not it's not an emotion that you should have and it's it's not something that you should express. And so a kid is left feeling this real complex um, relationship, I suppose, with anger and with no skills about how to. Um, how to manage it. So it's not surprising we kind of grow up with this uncomfortable pit in our stomachs when we feel anger and a sense of kind of ineptness. Um, And I know so many people who, or very few people, I suppose I should say, who do feel very comfortable about their anger. Why do you think it is? I mean, I suppose I have my own thoughts about it around it being conditioned out of us as, as kids, but I don't know if you have any thoughts around what you think causes that.
1: I think there's definitely so much shame around it, which is a whole other emotion Mm. and guilt and stuff, especially. So I was I was sharing on my Instagram that we were going to have this conversation and I got a lot of messages from particularly people who had just become mothers recently. Mm. And I had also read that a lot of the time it can manifest when people feel trapped, especially over the last two years, people have been dealing with with homeschooling and being left without childcare and trying to work and everything and not having the support that that feeling of trappedness can can bring about an an anger and like I've certainly had it myself where like when it becomes to being a parent you want to have the best response all the time so it's like you have to stamp out the anger which is
2: impossible to do you think about that film um inside out and one of the things I love have you seen inside Out? yes I one of the things I love about that film is how it introduces us to this concept that we're born with emotions like emotions aren't our choice whether or not to feel as human beings we receive information from our environment through our feelings in the same way we do through our sight or our hearing or our other senses and so um anger is one of those basic emotions that we're born with um as as teeny tiny babies. And most of us, you know, can identify on a a really young baby's face when they're angry or when they're in pain or when they're sad, or we're born with this feeling. But the problem with it is that we're not taught that A, it's okay to have it, that B, it's very understandable that we have it because things are happening in our environments that we don't like, and C, what we need to do to help ourselves to, to manage that.
1: I'm really noticing it now that I've become a parent, obviously with, with toddlers, their emotions are so raw and exaggerated. And the tendency would be to be like, oh no, like calm down or don't be upset or don't be angry. And it's okay. And I'm trying to be like, just step back from him and let him express the emotion that he needs to express that he's allowed to be angry. I don't want him to feel like he should never feel angry because obviously something is bothering him or upsetting him. And it just kind of bounced back onto me to be like, why do I not let myself be angry, why are we told that anger is such a toxic emotion? I guess it is if it if it's persistent and it's eroding your ability to, to get through the day and impacting your relationships, but How do we know healthy anger versus unhealthy anger? I guess
2: everybody's anger is going to be different. Everybody is going to feel angry about different things depending on their past history, on their experiences. And I suppose anger is something that we experience as well. We don't experience it on our own in a vacuum. We experience it towards other people. Why we feel it is going to be dependent on our history of relationships. So, um, yeah, I guess maybe you could take the example of somebody who has um, maybe challenges in their attachment relationships, those early relationships with their own parents that maybe left them feeling quite insecure. And if they wind up in a relationship with a person who then um, maybe behaves in ways, not in really bad or damaging ways, but in ways that maybe leaves them feeling insecure, That person, I mean, certainly I've worked with people, I've experienced those types of feelings myself, but I've worked with people where they're coming in because they have this anger about this feeling that's security and they haven't been taught about how to communicate or they haven't had the opportunities to learn how to communicate what it is that's going on for them. And so what's happening is they're they're lashing out at their partner because they're just feeling that that surface anger and that's creating the issue. But underneath it, there's this other feeling that they haven't had the experience of learning how to communicate or learning how to um, validate in themselves. So the first thing I think is whatever the emotion it is that somebody is feeling It doesn't matter what the circumstance is that's producing it. The very first thing that somebody needs to do is to just validate that in themselves and say, you know what? I don't fully understand why I'm feeling this way, but I do understand that it's okay that I'm feeling this way. And this is a moment of suffering for me Um, because we first of all have to start accepting that emotion in ourselves, whatever the feeling is before we can then turn that into a productive conversation with our partner, before we can then kind of lose the shame. Because if we're telling ourselves that it's not okay for for us to feel something, um, then that just increases the shame that we have around it, which makes it even harder to communicate around us.
1: I'm curious in, in thinking about the different stress responses, like the, the fight or flight, fawn or freeze, is every individual capable of responding in any one of those ways, depending on what's triggered them, what the, The threat is or do people tend to fall into like I'm a fight person I'm a flight person
2: you know what I actually don't know the research around that um but in my experience um of working with people I remember one little kid that I worked with who would have kind of gone into three of those different responses for sure and I've worked with adults who have shown a multitude of different responses in different situations I think if we are somebody who's lived with anxiety for an awful long time our brain has probably created a pathway like a neural pathway that means that we're more likely to go to one of those responses in particular situations the most so if we have a specific type of phobia um, we might then uh, go into that that flight response more quickly Um, whereas maybe if we're faced with a different type of anxiety or a different type of threat, or if the threat is is bigger or maybe more immediate and perhaps more violent to us, we might go into a different um, type of uh, threat response as well. So my instinct is to say that all of those are possible and we can move in and out depending on the the level of threat I suppose we experience and the level of familiarity we have with the thing that's making us feel anxious.
1: If anxiety is going to manifest as anger for us are we most likely to see that come up in our relationships is that where we need to watch out for it
2: yes I think I mean often things show up in our relationships don't they that we don't necessarily especially our close relationships that we don't necessarily portray to other people So um, yeah. I do think that within our close relationships those are the people who know us best and who are yeah. often on the receiving end of maybe uh, something more hurtful from us and that's just the natural Um, way of of human relationships I think.
1: And sometimes you feel safer I mean like sometimes I'm I'm anxious about something else or I'm annoyed about something that's nothing to do with Barry and I will present anger towards him like hate to admit this and he'll be like oh you're really cranky today and and like he's so good at knowing when it's not me or it's, you know, he can kind of step back. Like I always call like a helicopter approach. He's very good at taking these like eagle eye view of like what's actually going on and separating out the moment from the context. Honestly, I don't know where he came from, but he should be just broken into little pieces and sold (laughs) (laughs) scattered scattered around (laughs) to everybody
2: who needs them but I think uh, it's a really powerful thing when we can uh, when we have somebody who can help us to do that who can kind of zoom out and go oh right okay because most of the time this is the thing that I think gets really tricky in relationships as well most of the time somebody else's reactions to us or within that relationship aren't about the second person it's about what's Going on for that person uh, in that particular moment. But it's very easy to forget that in those relationships and then get caught up in how the person is being towards us. I think one of the weird things about anger is that anger feels quite personal, doesn't it? Like, I, you know, if, if somebody else is, is anxious or is feeling hurt, I can sit with that an awful lot easier than if a person is being angry with me. Because anger is one of those emotions, I suppose, that we are more likely to think, oh, this is about me then then it's just about what's going on for them um so it can be it can be a really tricky uh dynamic I think that can pop up in relationships
1: it's so interesting so I've never really like said this before I've been considering I share everything but Barry and I in in our relationship we've almost never had like a blowout argument or a fight like and I'm a fiery person and I've had fights with everyone in my family like I blow up and I've been afraid to say, I mean, I don't want to be like, we never fight because I don't want A, I don't want people to think, well, there's something wrong if you're not fighting. B, I don't want people to think I'm saying, oh, my relationship is perfect because no relationship is perfect. But I think what you've said there makes sense to me in that Barry doesn't necessarily get angry or, or show anger towards me. But if he was to show anger towards me, I know that I would blow up back at him and I would I would make him feel bad for showing angry and then we'd get into a fight. But when I show anger towards him, which happens more often, he responds by knowing that it's something else not to do with him. Or if it is to do with him, he's, he tends to respond in a very healthy way. And I think that his well-adjusted response to things is probably the reason why we haven't lost the plot at each other. And, and sometimes like, I'm looking for a fight,
0: like, <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> like sure, it's just it just builds
1: up and I'm like, oh, piss off. Like, and, and then he just like, you need some time for yourself. And I'm like, oh, could you just not have like the perfect reaction all the time? But yeah, I think that's it. I think whatever about his own expression of anger, which I don't ever really see, his ability to respond to my anger is what I guess prevents us from ever completely like losing the rag with each other. And that when I express anger, he's got such a good way of responding to that, that it just dissolves so quickly. Yeah, It never comes to a head. And I'm obviously really lucky that I have that dynamic and that I can still express my anger when, when, I, when it comes up that he doesn't, he's very good at not taking it personally if it's not about him and he knows that. But I imagine if you have two people like me who are more fiery and more impulsive and more easily threatened and ego and everything comes into it for me, I think there would be lots of fireworks there in a not so healthy way, maybe.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it depends on you know it depends on the person that we're with in a relationship it depends on how those two people are and it sounds like with Barry you have somebody there who can see when you're on fire and actually knows that the fire hasn't started because of him and is able to then helpfully um, help you in that situation and I can totally relate to to what you're saying my partner is is very similar and responds in in very healthy ways but I know in other relationships that I've had um, because somebody responds differently which then kind of me up, and, and often it will take me a long time to get to that point where I'm ready to blow. But then, an unhelpful response to that um, means that I'm less able to manage whatever it is that's going on inside of me, um, and then those blow-ups do happen. And then there are the things, I suppose, over time that can erode a relationship, that can erode the trust that's actually within a relationship. Um, and so, anger and anxiety—they do have this really strong link. And I do think it's helpful for for us all to understand our relationship with both. But you know what I think is actually at the at the root of it all and it's something that's slowly but surely changing in our society is we're becoming more and more aware of the importance of that emotional intelligence the importance yeah. of teaching our children in schools at home from the time they're quite small upwards to recognize and then respond healthily and helpfully to their emotions and to the emotions of other people like we're starting to get there but certainly like our generation or up until the last 10 or 15 years that didn't really happen happen. Um, and so I do think when I see problems with, with anger, um, that there's there's usually another emotion underneath it that we haven't learned how to figure out. Um, and then figure out how to address and whether that's anxiety or something else it's going to be different for every person but that is the root of it is learning how to identify and then sit with our emotions in a way that's more healthy than just reacting to them in a way that That can be something that damages either our relationships or particular um, situations that we might be in or ourselves, actually, Um, if we're responding to the anger and the anxiety that we feel inside of ourselves in an unhealthy way by by being very punitive towards ourselves or by saying very negative things to ourselves that may be um, causing us and sustaining a problem as well.
1: So if we're not really feeling none of the kind of typical, more commonly shared symptoms that we wouldn't associate with anxiety, and we're feeling lots of anger, how can we know if anxiety is behind? What questions can we ask ourselves to understand what's really driving the behavior? That's
2: a great question.
1: I worked with a guy a long time ago who had
2: come because of his experience of anger. And then when we drilled down into it, when, when I was asking him, uh, what was going on in his body? An awful lot of the time he didn't know, but what he could say was his stomach was just in knots all of the time. Which to me is one of the first signals of anxiety because it's our body in that fight, flight, freeze, fawn response where it's sending all of the, the blood from our tummies out to our fingers and our toes. I know we've spoken about that previously, and um, and so. I think the very first thing that we can do is to learn how to sit mindfully with our emotions. That's not always easy for us, especially if we're in a situation that's asking us to respond. So say in a moment where um, your partner's asking you a question or you have to make a decision at work or your toddler is about to run out onto the road, obviously you're going to respond in an immediate way in those situations and it's impossible to sit mindfully. Yeah. But I think starting to learn how to go Okay, I'm feeling something. I feel really angry, even if that's just where it starts. What's going on? What's happening in my body right now? Where do I feel the anger? Does it feel like burning? Do I feel it in my fists? Do I feel it in my tummy, in my head, in my toes? Where is it? And what's happening in my mind? Just even without asking yourself any further questions, sitting with your thoughts, your feelings, and the emotion of anger. And you might only be able to sit with it for 10 seconds or 20 seconds or a minute or two minutes before you get up and then you respond to it by saying something to your partner. Don't even try to change the response at this point, but just give yourself and your body and your brain the opportunity to start sitting with that feeling without responding to it immediately. And by starting that process you're giving your body and your brain a chance to develop a new pathway, a new way of relating to anger. And, and, and so I would encourage people to try, this is where the the wonder of mindfulness comes in. You know, I'm somebody, I find those formal mindfulness exercises really, really hard to do, like sitting down and just focusing on the wall or focusing on the sky or focusing on what's happening in my body. But if we're practicing that, you know, every day for a couple of minutes every day, and then we're trying to sit with our emotion 10 days or two weeks later, we're more likely to be able to actually sit with that feeling and not respond to it immediately if we've got that kind of mindfulness practice in place. So I think that's the the key, is just starting to sit with. And then over time, you're going to start drilling down into that, what's actually going on for me? What else do I feel here? What else is coming up for me? Because when we can be open then to whatever that is, um, that's when we'll start to learn a little bit more about ourselves. And some people might need the help of a therapist to do that because perhaps their experience with emotions has been so minimal. The opportunities they've had to practice reading themselves have been so minimal. Maybe they won't know what's going on in their body.
1: I think a good question to ask as well is, are you fearing that a relationship's not working? Are you fearing that you've been judged? Because the f- the fear then I guess that's that is anxiety and then it's the fear you want to work on and then maybe as a result then the the anger would would dissipate somewhat but there are also times when we're completely well within our rights to react angrily and to f- express anger so if we've taken that moment and we're like you know what I am pissed off like I've been really insulted here or something like that mm-hmm. then is it okay to lash out of course I think anger again like as you
2: just said there it's such a valid emotion. Um, it's telling us that we don't like what's going on in our environment and we may need to do something to change that. And so, you know, if somebody is coming towards you on the street in a threatening way um, and you're you're cornered, what are you going to do? Most of us are going to go hear it. Like we're going to shout, we're going to roar, we're going to scream. If somebody is kind of treating us in a way we don't like, perhaps at work on repeat, we're going to have to do something about that. And so it's always okay to feel anger it's, it's okay to do something with that anger. I think one of the ways, one of the things that's really helped me to learn how to respond to my own anger, because I didn't get the opportunities to learn these things when I was a kid. I would have been a kid who was told to just not be angry. The anger wasn't an attractive emotion, especially in girls, and I shouldn't be feeling it. And I definitely shouldn't be expressing it. So I've had to unpick my own relationship with it a lot. But it was learning the difference between the appropriate assertiveness and then being under-assertive and then over-assertive. So over-assertive may be where we are going straight to the kind of very angry maybe we're saying something hurtful, we're doing something hurtful in an effort to control a person's behavior towards us or in an effort to change their behavior towards us. In a situation like the one I've described earlier, where somebody is becoming immediately physically threatening, that is an appropriate response because we need to get that person away. We need to do something to step in and protect ourselves and control that person. But in most situations, it's appropriate anger, which is saying, hey, you know what, this is making me, Feel very angry. I need to, you know, change what's happening in this situation. Can we talk about how we're going to do that? Can we, I need you to acknowledge that this is hurting me and we need to do something to adjust this situation. Perhaps you might say that if you're in a relationship with somebody. If it's a conversation that you need to have with your boss, it's about maybe sitting with yourself beforehand and going, okay, I'm really angry. I'm really angry because I feel that this person is speaking to me very disrespectfully in public on an ongoing basis and I just can't have this. And so you're gonna then have a, a, like think of what it is that you want to say to your boss to communicate that. You're not gonna walk into their office and start shouting at them, are you? Because you know that that's gonna be something that gets you fired. Um, But maybe what you're gonna do is have a constructive conversation around that. Maybe what you're gonna do is try and explain your point of view and see if that's something they can take on board. And maybe if they don't, then you're gonna start making decisions about what you're gonna do about that in the future. I think for an awful lot of women, we are more passive with our anger. And so we don't even express it. And this is what I would have done was feel anger, not really even know I was feeling feeling angry, but I would be under I wouldn't stick up for myself I wouldn't share that I was feeling hurt or I was feeling angry or something was happening that I didn't like and instead that might creep out in kind of more passive aggressive ways so I don't know if people understand what I mean when I say passive aggressive oh yeah
1: <laughs> I think it's our go <laughs> I think it's a lot of people's go-to
2: yeah, well, again, because we're taught, we're not taught how to express it appropriately. So we're just learning what's going on. And so passive aggression is around. We do subtle things that are maybe going to make our partner make somebody feel angry. Um, so it's a way of expressing our anger without really expressing it. But it has the same effect. It pisses people
1: off. <laughs> I mean, I'm the queen of passive aggression. And, and Barry again, Barry's like, I see what you're doing here. He loves to have a long shower. And and I just, I'm like, I, yeah, I would like to as well, but we have a one and a half year old and sometimes he'll get me out of the shower and like, I'm just like, I don't know why, but I just, am like, could you just make it quicker? Uh, people are, people are going to be listening to this thinking I'm an awful cow. No, I think they're going to be listening, thinking you're a normal person. This kind of stuff goes on for all of us. And I'll just say like, oh, uh, did you have a nice 10 minute shower? And he's like, oh, like I needed it. You know, I needed a shower. I needed like, I like to have my time. And I was like, yeah, but like. <laughs> I don't mind as much my relationship because Barry will call me on it. Like Mm -hmm. he'll be like, you're being passive aggressive, but it's with with friends where there's more risk of loss. Barry's, well, he's legally bound to me now, like a bit of effort (laughs) for him to get away from me. But with a friend, if I was going to be passive aggressive, like that can grow arms and legs and become a real issue because you could just not speak to each other again.
2: And I definitely know previously um, how I would have reacted to anger in a kind of passive aggressive way would be to avoid where I kind of avoid the person or maybe I don't respond to them in, in a way that would be more appropriate. Like maybe if they're looking to speak to me or whatever, I kind of go, oh, I'll deal with that later. And in my mind, I'm not saying, oh, I'm angry with this person. I'm just saying, oh, I'll deal with that later. And so I've had to really undo that response over the years so that I'm actually reacting to these people that I love and want to be around in a way that is like healthy and consistent with me as a person and what I value and what I want to bring to their world. And so we're, you know, again, I do think as women, we're more likely to go to that passive aggressive point, but it really is about sitting down and going, okay, you know what? It's okay that I feel angry, trying to explore our relationship with anger and then taking action in a helpful way that doesn't isn't a, you know, a detrimental thing in our relationship, but it takes time to get to that point. I suppose I don't want people listening to this to think like, oh, I'm doing something really wrong in lashing out in this way or in um being passive aggressive. I think it's really important to take the judgment away from this because again, when we judge ourselves, it brings up shame, but to go, right, look, I am a person who hasn't had the opportunity. Opportunity to identify it and work with my anger in a helpful way, I'm going to make a commitment to start doing that. Um, but it is a process and it does take time. Hold up.
1: i want to wrap up with an experience that i actually just had last night and maybe you can help me you can therapize me (laughs) into to maybe what what would have helped what was going on so and, and it was a perfect example I think of me knowing that it's anxiety but really manifesting as anger so I have a medium level following on Instagram and of course with that 99% of people are really nice and kind and send you nice messages every now and then someone's going to be a real dick and send something nasty and I am not very good yet at like letting that roll off like I, the negativity bias that the threat response lights up and I'm like oh, this person my logical mind knows that I should just like delete block move on whatever but I get so amped up and I feel it so physically in my body and I feel so threatened that well hang on if this one person is sending me a message how many other people following me have the same thought I'm going to get rejected from my tribe I'm going to be cancelled or I'm going to be left and that threat is so visceral for me I, I didn't even reply to this one person I just I blocked them. I was like, I can't have that shit on my Instagram. But then I went, I was in such a rage. and I, I, There was no me taking a step back, just like be mindful. I then craved the reassurance of all of my other followers by sharing a screen grab of the message. I obviously hid the person's name. And I was like, this is such bollocks. This is so unfair. And like, they completely missed the point. And I then got like hundreds of messages from people being like, Oh my God, I can't believe you had to deal with that. Like, I'm so sorry. I had to deal with that. And that was just validating my anger by being like, yeah, it's bullshit that I have to deal with this sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and then I started like sharing on my stories, like trying to explain myself. And then in the end, I, I was just so worked up. And then a friend had messaged me and said, Caroline, like, you're probably just stoking the fires more like, if you get a mean message from someone And then you share it publicly, like not everyone else knew that that person sent you a message. And now you're making other people who maybe think similarly to like go and have a go at you. And I was like, I've just created this situation for myself In, in trying to soothe myself. I've actually just gotten myself more worked up. Then I went and I deleted everything, including the original post that had inspired the angry message and felt like I just can't ever express myself. I should never have any opinions. And I was talking to Barry about it. And I was just so like, I wasn't angry at him, but I was just like, in such an angry mood I was like how can people be so stupid and idiots and and he was like what you need to do is maybe when you get a message like that give yourself three hours like I'm going to put it down if in three hours time I still feel like I need to make a point or I need to say something or I need to share something this is important to talk about then do it then at least create a space between the stimulus and response and I'm like yeah but that that is not who I am I'm so impulsive I'm I just feel everything so intensely and so greatly and then of course I get myself in these situations and then I feel so ashamed that i reacted in that way or like that i've done myself a disservice by react, like showing people my humanness and obviously like that's going to happen and i and i need to i need to not feel so threatened, but I do. Of course, I think it's really normal
2: to feel threatened in that situation. And I think everybody would be able to relate to that when somebody says something um, that totally misunderstands us. I think that's often at the root of this kind of anger when we're angry at something that somebody else has done. It's that sense of being completely misread misinterpreted and misunderstood, and then somebody attacking us because of whatever it is that they're seeing in us at that particular time. Um, And I do think a question to ask yourself, you know, for some people and maybe for you, responding in that way wouldn't be unhelpful. You know, there's some people who, when they responded like that, would feel totally fine about it. Now, it it sounds like it created like more for you afterwards, and that may, you know, make us think, okay, well, for for you as an individual, maybe there's something that you need to do that is more helpful for you in this situation. But for some people, they're gonna react to it. They're gonna do all that stuff, and they're gonna feel totally fine about it afterwards. And that's their way of expressing anger. And if it doesn't cause problems for them, or I suppose in a in a wider way in their lives, then then that's okay. It's only a problem. It's only something we need to address when it's a problem. So if it's something that in the aftermath, as it sounds like it did created this kind of just
1: well I was so anxious then I mean I had a terrible anxious sleep and and really like what it what it boiled down to is always my anxiety of worrying about what people think of me which is such a threat
2: like we're such primal creatures and all of us worry no matter how much we say that we don't all of us would worry and respond about what people think of us to a degree whether it's just close people or people in our outside circles because we are a social species and we need to be included and we need to be accepted because when we are those things it creates safety for us we're more likely to survive Um, and so it does have a massive impact to be rejected by and to fear being rejected but especially when somebody says something hurtful like when somebody hurts us like it's so normal for to feel angry about that and then to want to defend ourselves to want to do something and and yeah maybe the most helpful thing for for you or for i know i can totally relate to what you're saying because i think i would feel all of those things um i think for me it would be most helpful to just disengage from the situation because uh, otherwise the really strong emotions that you're describing would come up for me also but it's it's difficult to know exactly what to do and i do think like it's only barriers. Such a good point there about you know next time if this happens, because it's it's through going through these experiences that we learn how to do something differently the next time. Like you can't know how to respond to something if you haven't been through it before and so I think it's so important to be again compassionate towards ourselves when we do something that we don't like or that when we respond in a way that's unhelpful knowing that we're, we're still learning and unpicking things and we're being kind of conscientious adults by looking at our emotional responses and then trying to do something perhaps differently the next time but it shouldn't feel as well like it's you're being forced to do something that's out of line with who you are and what you value. I think there's something about finding a way to respond to our emotions that has to be in line with, with who we innately feel we are and mm. on what we actually value. Because that's when we're most content with, with our emotional responses. And that's when we're most content with, with how we are in situations is when it's we're in line with who we want to be. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. I, I think I'm also quite passionate about normalizing being imperfect and feeling things that, we're, that we kind of feel ashamed of feeling. So that's kind of part of it for me, too, where I feel like, no, I want to go on and say this is how it made me feel. I don't want the idea of well-being or not being anxious to be equated with always having a perfectly measured, well-adjusted response to everything and being like a robot because it's not about never feeling it or never having an angry response. And it's
2: absolutely not. We are all imperfect beings, no matter how... Zen Buddha, somebody appears, you can guarantee that they are not always like that because that is not what it means to be human. To be human means to suffer and to hurt and to experience joy and happiness and contentment and fear and terror and the whole range of different emotions. We are emotional creatures. And it's so important to acknowledge that about ourselves. And sometimes we behave in ways that we don't want to behave in or that we've actually we're okay with behaving in you know it's 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 we're just human beings at the end of the day and we have to allow ourselves to experience all of those emotions and to not be perfect god wouldn't life be so incredibly boring if we were all just these robotic like walking around in this this zen buddhist state
1: i know i'd probably sell more books though wouldn't i
2: (laughs) (laughs) no no i think one of the beautiful things about you caroline is that you own being human which is something that As as social media, I suppose, becomes more and more a part of our our daily lives and, and becomes a bigger feature for all of us, we can forget actually what it's like to be human and to be human is to be imperfect and to just own being imperfect.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm certainly imperfect. Me too. And hell, I'm happy about it. <laughs> Claire, thank you so much. That This has been such an interesting discussion. I'm sure it will be really useful for everyone listening to try and just understand anger in relation to anxiety. But I feel like I've gotten like a full therapy session for myself. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. You share lots of tips and stuff on your own Instagram and you just tell us your handle for if people want to follow you there.
2: Sure. See. And then my surname, Metu, K-A-M-B-A-M-E-T-T-U.
1: And you do lots of little explainers and videos. They're really, really helpful. And I just, I always love how you articulate things and you just really bridge the gap between the the science or the research and really how we can put stuff into action so thank you for that and I'd love if you came back again at some point and maybe we could dive into anxiety and guilt oh I'd love that yeah let's do it let's make a date and let's do it in person the next time and have drinks as well oh I'd love that too (laughs) perfect thank you so much for joining me and take care yeah you too
3: luxury quality within reach go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com style
1: the easiest way to access owning it real time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details whatever you call them show notes you will find the link in there at the top you can sign up right away for owning it real time and access a full library of 10 situation specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.